1: Welcome to the World in Sport, I'm Vinny Wiley. This week, the Kimbei Cutters at rugby league team have launched an appeal to assist volcano victims in West New Britain, and the Fiji women's hockey team learned some tough lessons in Japan. But first, Samoa has been declared ready to host the 2019 Pacific Games, which will be officially opened in Apia on Sunday. About 3,500 athletes from 24 nations across the region will compete in 26 sports over the next fortnight. Samoa was only awarded the hosting rights in September 2017 after the Tongan government claimed it could not afford to stage the event. But Pacific Games Council Chief Executive Andrew Minogue says the country has done a superb job in a short amount of time. The
2: President, uh, Vidya La and myself were here about a month ago and looked at every single venue and and uh, met with the team here organising the Games and declared that, that they'd be ready and now arriving here for Games time, it, um, it certainly uh, looks and appears that way, so... Um, they've done a very good job in a very short period of time, as you said, um, less than two years. In fact, the organising committee opened for business on the 1st of March last year, so really it's only 15 or 16 months. I personally witnessed the team organising these games working almost around the clock, uh, speak to them and get messages from them at all hours of the day and night, um, a good young team, they're working extremely hard and they'll be ready for next Sunday night's opening ceremony and the
1: sporting competition, as you said, that starts a week today. And of course, um, you know, the Pacific Games, uh, a number of athletes and, and an increasing presence of the likes of New Zealand Australia as you yes. push towards a continental game, so uh, there's always uh, new things happening. What, what about these games are, are you most looking forward to or what sort of milestones uh, uh, spring to mind for you? There's a number of sort of
2: firsts that we're having at these games that I think we're all very interested to see how, how it unfolds. We had Australia and New Zealand, of course, in debuting last time around in PNG. They'll be here with bigger teams this time because they're in more sports. But um, we've got a couple of sports that are designated as Olympic qualifiers. In archery, they'll actually be athletes who will qualify directly to Tokyo. Uh, in the mixed gender recurve event. I think we're all looking forward to seeing that. Um, the weightlifting, of course, is always a big event at the Pacific Games, but this time doubles as the, well, triples up, actually, as the Oceania and the Commonwealth Championships. So we're going to have athletes coming from places like Great Britain and India and Malaysia and parts of Africa. Um, we've never seen that before at the Pacific Games. I think that'll be very very interesting um, to observe. Um, so, yeah, there's there's things like that that will be, that will be happening. Um, I think we also look forward to some of the sort of more traditional aspects of the Pacific Games where we've got, you know, the New Caledonians will be pushing to get back on top of the medal tally where they usually are. Um, Papua New Guinea got there last time and I think New Cal is very keen to to get back to number one so they're the sorts of things that we usually see at the games but some new features as well. So yeah all in all it's going to be very exciting.
1: And, and uh, when the games council meet on that middle weekend as they tend to do in these events Andrew uh, what yes. what what sort of big decisions have you got coming up? Quite a few. <laughs>
2: From a membership perspective, we've got uh, the formal proposal to admit Australia and New Zealand as what we would call associate members. So they would not become full members of the Games Council, but associate members, a little bit like the non-Olympic committees within ONOC Um, so we're sort of looking to reciprocate those arrangements uh, on Sunday the 14th Um, we also need to uh, resolve matters uh, finally regarding the 2021 mini-games and also the host location for 2025 as well so there'll be a bit of mini-games on the the agenda uh, on that day and, of course, uh, we'll get progress reports from the Solomon Islands in terms of how they're tracking for the, the next major edition in 2023. They'll have a very big team here, and not just athletes and officials, but um, people from government and the um, hosting authority that they've set up to make sure they they see the Pacific Games in action and, and really understand what they're facing um, uh, four years from now.
1: Pacific Games Council Chief Executive Andrew Minogue. One team with big aspirations for this month's Pacific Games is the host nation, Samoa. Chef to Mission Ninette Sass says there is already a buzz around up here and everyone cannot wait for the competition to begin.
3: When you see the decorations that the, the country has gone into and the involvement of school children and the, the, the village communities, it's just exciting to see that and to feel, the, the, the well, like you said, the anticipation of the Games. And I know our country is ready and just waiting for those guests to arrive. And waiting for the competition.
1: Yeah, and I guess that's one of the big reasons Samoa were awarded these hosting rights in you know tricky circumstances after Tonga pulled out, is because they've been there before. They've hosted a good games before. The council had confidence in them, and it was a country and certainly a government that stood up and said, "We want these games. We can do it." So uh, you know, it's a it's a country that's keen to to host these events and uh, this event and, and make sure people have a good time.
3: Absolutely. Well, I mean, Samoa is has hosted quite a lot of big events in the past, as well as the Pacific Games and the South Pacific when it was initially called. And so the experience and know-how is there. The infrastructure was there as well. So there was only um, a bit of revamping of, of most of the infrastructure that existed and plus the addition of their brand-new multi-purpose gym, um, which we'll see the badminton and netball competitions being played in. Play so, yeah, we've, we've got the history and... For a small island country, you know, we do like to challenge ourselves in these things. So everybody has put their hands up and stepped up and working really hard to make this a big successful event for our Pacific family.
1: And uh, for your athletes in Team Samoa, I know often the host nation at these events, it can be a bit tricky because venues are being built and constructed or refurbished and... The traditional training venues aren't always there. Uh, I think a lot of your athletes have been over in China uh, as part of their preparations. Uh, what, what What has the final few weeks or the last you know six, 12 months been like for your athletes as they get ready for this?
3: <laughs> yeah well, since the beginning of this year when the first lot of um, athletes moved to China, it was really a, a good move in, in, a, in, a, in a number of ways. One was because we didn't have the access to the facilities here because of the revamping. And secondly, we took advantage of the the generous um, offer from China to utilize their high-performance units and and coaches to learn and upgrade our own skills. And it was not just for the athletes. The the coaches that went that accompanied the athletes also got a lot of benefit out of this. So we hope, I mean, this is part of the legacy of this Games as well, is the upskilling of not just the athletes but the coaching um, family.
1: And I guess the added perk of when you refurbish all these venues and have one or two new ones is that after the games, local athletes will have access to those venues for, for years to come.
3: Absolutely. And it's not just the access of our sports and our, and our people to the venues, but of course there's also the other economic factor, which is, um, comes by way of hosting big um, sporting events. And, um, you know, there's the mice market, which is a big market that we haven't really sort of fully tapped into given the, the amount of um, facilities that we have. But yeah, it's, it's in the pipeline, and that's another thing that we are excited about. We're looking forward to hosting more bigger sporting events here.
1: And so 26 sports uh, kicking off on Monday. I think Samoa's got, what, just over 500 athletes? Yeah,
3: we've got, we're at 501 athletes now, um, and a team, total team of 640 people plus the te- the technical advisors from China who are here to support the respective sports that were in China, which is a great um, help and a great boost to our team's preparation. So and, we're really excited. We just want to get in there and get the competition underway.
1: And, and with that, uh, you know, having such a large team and, and, and the preparation that they had, I imagine expectations being at home as well are, are, are much higher. I mean, how how well do you think Samoa can do this time around? <laughs>
3: Um, I am pretty confident um, that we will do extremely well this games. I think there's been a lot more support towards Team Samoa um, compared to the past, and we we really do feel that we can win this games. And we're not I mean, we're, like the usual say you are not here to make up numbers. We are putting um, athletes into all the sports and all the relevant I mean the respective disciplines of those sports because we want to make sure we win this game. And I think history has it that usually the host country ends up winning the games. And this has been a challenge for us that has been laid out by the Honorable Prime Minister um, a bit over a year ago. So the, the sports have really taken this on. And it's not just the team that went to China or trained locally. A lot of the sports have been fundraising and um, move and went overseas to compete in Oceanias and world competitions just to make sure the team is peaking at the right time. Yes. So, yeah, we're
1: excited. <laughs> Indeed, and, and the Prime Minister, be it rugby, be it the Pacific Games, he's, he's certainly never shy with his uh, ambitions for the country, and I suppose that includes himself, because he, of course, will be uh, back in the archery field uh, competing once again.
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that's going to be one of the most watched um, um, events as well, is the archery. Um, and I, we know for a fact that the Prime Minister has been training really hard with his team, and he's even um, committed himself by taking leave so he can just focus on on, um, his training. So that's really good because he's walking the talk and leading by example.
1: I'm guessing he's not staying in the village with his fellow athletes, though.
3: (laughs) Um, We're not certain about that. I mean, we still have to be mindful of um, the protocols. Uh, So, yeah, I'm sure he'll be visiting the village
1: Indeed. We'll and um,
3: quite a bit of time with us.
1: And, uh, um, and what can the other countries and other athletes expect that will be uh, filtering into our peer over the coming days and, 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 and week? Um, ones that either haven't been to Samoa before or they have, but not for a competition like this. Um, what sort of experience do you want them to take away from their time here for the Games?
3: I would like them to take away really happy memories of good, fair competition, and also just enjoying what Samoa Hospitality has to offer and the views of the country, because a lot of people I know tend to underestimate Samoa and think that we're just a little island that hasn't been developed. We're a rapidly developing country and we have a lot to offer so I hope this whole experience will be very happy memories for most of our athletes or well, for all the athletes and the, and the guests of the country.
1: That's the Team Samoa Shift to mission for the Pacific Games, Nanette says. The Kimbe Cutters rugby league team have launched an appeal to assist the volcano victims in West New Britain during this weekend's round of Digicel Cup domestic matches in Papua New Guinea. Thousands of people have been displaced by the eruption of Mount Uluwan, while about 100 people have been evacuated from Manam Island in Medang. The Kimbe Cutters franchise are based in West New Britain's provincial capital and are competing in their debut Digicel Cup campaign. Team Chairman Dominic Kalmu says the eruption has greatly affected their community and they wanted to do something to help.
4: It has been quite challenging the first year in the competition, but now you've been challenging at a totally different level in terms of the eruption, the volcanic eruption, which has affected our people. So, what we have done today was um, the board of the kindergartners have agreed to dedicate or commit the game this weekend. Towards our people who are currently living in care centres in Biala, which is um, about 200 kilometres south of the provincial capital of Kimber.
1: Have any of your, your players or anyone involved with your club been affected personally?
4: No, we, um, none of our players have been affected, nor their families. But um, it's, not, it's not necessarily about our place, it's about our football team giving back to the community that we come from. The volcanic eruption happened uh, in West New Britain. And the team, the Kindercats is a provincial team backed by our people, backed by um, our provincial government as well. So we see ourselves as a West New Britain team. And this is our way of giving back to the community.
1: Um, you know, this is a, you know, a chance to help the people that you're out there playing for every weekend and, and representing. And obviously some of them are having a, a pretty tough time at the moment.
4: Exactly, exactly. And, and uh, um, it's also a way for us in educating our young players about being responsible members of our community, giving something back to our community. So, you know, football life is quite a short life. So at the end of the day, a lot of these people will go back into their communities. So I, I'm hoping, and the board is hoping, in a way, you know, you know, we are also imparting that, uh, that experience, that knowledge to our players of being better members of our community
1: and so so what, what what does the uh disaster appeal? What does it entail? How can people get involved? How can they help?
4: this weekend will be a home game for us in the provincial capital, which is uh in Kimberness. so uh, it 's a home game so we 're playing a team called uh Lahane, which is another part of the country, and all the game takings all the takings for this weekend will be will be uh, put towards um The care center people, in other words, we are going to use the funds that we raised this weekend. Every single cent that's been, uh, that's gone through the gate this weekend will be spent for our people. And what we have also done as a football team is launched an appeal throughout our supporters uh, throughout the country. Encouraging our supporters that if you're not going to be in Kimber this weekend, and you're not going to pay that fee in Kimber this weekend, you're most uh, welcome to donate that fee, which is Tentina, which is a normal gate fee, donate the Tentina to the Timber Cutters, so there's been an account that has been opened, and that account has been provided to our supporters, our people around the country, so that anyone from West New not anyone, for so that matter, that may wish to support the Timber Cutters Initiative can provide for that.
1: And uh, I think the um, Papua New Guinea Hunters game this weekend as well, they're also doing something similar, aren't they, that there'll be, or there'll be buckets at the entry gates, and people will be able to donate to attend that match in Port Moresby as well, so... Did you know if there's any other games around the country in the Digicel Cup where where other teams might have buckets or you know are offering something similar, or, or, or your, will your promotion be advertised there as well?
4: We've made the an announcement today, so not that too many people have been made aware of our initiative. But I was uh, pleased and I'm uh, honoured that PNG Rugby League and the Digital Cup competition have made uh, an offer to put a bucket around at uh, Hunters game this weekend. That's very nice of them. We are fortunate that they've done that as well. So hopefully that uh, whatever they contribute from here, will add on to what we will uh, be racing in Kimbe. But whether any other teams in the Digital Cup are going to take up um, that initiative to support us uh, in our efforts, to support our people, I'm not aware of.
1: That's the chairman of the Kimbe Cutters rugby league team, Dominic Kamu. The Fiji women's hockey team have missed out on qualification for the Tokyo Olympics, but say their new-look team learnt a lot competing at the World Series finals event in Japan. The Fijians were beaten 6-0 by Poland, 4-0 by Uruguay and 11-0 by eventual champions India in the pool stage, before a 5-0 defeat by Mexico in the playoff for 7th place. Despite failing to register a goal during their four matches in Hiroshima, Head coach Emi Ingataki says it was still a valuable experience.
5: Our main um, target was to give exposure to the young girls, um, just to, because most of them, it was their first time, we wanted to ensure that they had a good run, and also we just tried to keep to our game plan right throughout, and it was always just to make sure that uh, we played it quarter by quarter, and when we played against India, we made sure to play within a quarter, every five minutes, just breaking it down into five minutes for each quarter.
1: There's obviously, um, you know, some very tough opposition, uh, first up against Poland, and then Uruguay, and of course India, who went on to win the competition. Um, So for a lot of your players, I imagine this was a huge step up from what they're used to uh, back at home. It's
5: quite an eye-opener for them. Uh, After their first game, they were quite amazed at how fast-paced that uh, international hockey is at. I think it motivated them to uh, improve their fitness, which got us most of the time. But a great achievement for the team was that for both—I mean, in the first two games, uh, we managed to hold off um, Poland and Uruguay for the first two quarters, and their first goal was scored. uh, I think it was on the same minutes in the third quarter. So that was a great achievement for the team. Yeah,
1: and and, in matches like that, where you're obviously, um, you know, going in. Against a team who's got a lot more experience and, and are obviously heavy favourites, um, I, I suppose you don't get too many opportunities uh, uh, to attack.
5: Yes, and I think we did manage to attack, but not as far as that they hoped to. Um, but and the girls got excited that they actually managed to attack. But um, uh, we did manage to get uh, shot corners. I believe it was against India or maybe Mexico. Must have been Mexico. So that that was a great, because um, the last team that did tour uh, internationally, I don't think we managed to get uh, that far as
3: well.
1: Because uh, India, I think, looking here, uh, I think they're ranked tenth in the world at the moment, and uh, Poland and uh, Uruguay 24, 25. I mean, does d- does Fiji even have a ranking at the moment?
5: Yeah, we're around 44.
1: Around 44. So obviously um, a, a big step up there. Um, what, what you talked about, what you wanted to achieve from uh, your time in Japan. Now, uh, do, you, do you feel you did that? What is the biggest, I guess, um, lesson or, or, or thing that you think the, the players and, and yourself have, have learned from the experience?
5: We've learned to just work to our strengths uh, in, in the short time that we had to prepare for Japan. Um, we feel that we achieved more than what we set out to do, but also... Um, from the players' perspective, their feedback was that they enjoyed their exposure, they enjoyed playing with their, the teammates that we go down, and it has inspired them to improve their hockey at a skillful level and physical level as well.
1: That's the Fiji women's hockey coach, Emi Ngataki. And that's the World in Sport for this week. I'm Vinny Wiley. As always, thank you very much for listening.